thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Hey everyone, uh, it is so good to connect with you at the start of a new year. And I don't know how expectant you guys are for 2021, you know, at the start of a new year. Um, you know, I think the expectation level is probably pretty low, uh, judging by some of these uh, photographs and pictures that are around there on the internet. Here's one, uh, me entering 2021 without the trailer, like I'm not entering it unless I see what's going on. Or this other one, you know, I'm not going to buy a 2021 planner until I see what's coming up. But this is my favourite one, I think. These are the faces going into 20. And then the face is going into 2021. Guys, I don't know about you, but I was so excited going into 2020. Um, things were great for us as a church. Um, we'd set a vision uh, for 2020. So that was coming to fruition. And it was so exciting. And kind of 12 months later, it's been such a tough year. But you know, as we enter into a new year, this is unlike any other New Year talk I've ever done, uh, I think over all the years that I've been doing this. But you know, here's my big idea for us today. I don't think this is a new season. I think this is a new era. This is not so much just a new season. It's a new era that we're stepping into. It's not just a new season. It's not just another January. Potentially, this could be a new era for us as a nation and maybe even as a planet. What will the world look like post-COVID? And I know we're not there yet, but we will be. What will it be like for us post-Brexit? And what will that look like? And, and if you're a Jesus follower, you know, we are living in a post-Christian world in very many ways, certainly in the Western world. And I don't think this is just a new season. I think this is a new kind of reality. And, you know, I think people are thinking, you know, they're talking about, will we get back to normal? We're not going back to normal. And I don't know what the new normal will look like. I guess some aspects will be the same and there will be a sense of normality. But I wonder how much of our world will be different going forwards. You know, here's the thing. We, we need, we need uh, bravery as we move forward into this new year. I'm, me and Alice and my wife, we're often saying to people now, hey, brave new year rather than happy new year. But one of the other big things that we need to know that if you're a follower of Jesus today, you're not only entering into a different era and a new era, but you're called to be different as well. And maybe if you're watching this, whenever or wherever you're watching it, and you're not a Jesus follower, you're not a person of faith, You've tried lots of things. Maybe try something different at the start of this new year. And that's what we want to talk to you about through this series called Different. We're going to need bravery, but we're also going to need resilience. You know, resilience is a buzzword at the moment. If you put resilience uh, into a search engine, then you get things like the seven skills and the four um, categories and the five characteristics. You know, resilience is defined as the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. The ability of a substance to return to its usual shape after being bent, stretched or pressed. The ability to adjust, to recover, to bounce back, to stay strong. Whatever resilience is, boy, do we really need it right now. And can I just say for those of you that are working in the NHS, you're in our hospitals, you're in the NHS and social care. We want to say you guys are so incredibly resilient. And we know as a church, because we're trying to support over 50 of you uh, through our Under Pressure initiative and the stories that are coming back of just how tough it is for you right now. 
You know, winter pressure is always a very difficult time in the NHS. And this is unlike anything that you and we have ever experienced. So we want to say to you guys, we love you and we are praying for you and we want to support you. And we want to say thank you to you. You know, if you're watching today, why don't you even on the chat, just say a big shout out and thank you to all of our guys and girls who are out there on the front line, incredibly resilient and incredibly under pressure right now. We appreciate you so much. Thank you. But you know, as we enter into this new era, we're going to look over the next four weeks at a book in the New Testament. That's the second part of the Bible. And it's literally called One Peter. It's a letter written by Peter. And we're going to look at that over the next four weeks. It's only five chapters long. You might want to read it over the next kind of few days if you get the chance to do that. Whenever you look at the Bible, whenever you look at any of the books, the the Bible is made up of 66 different books in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Whenever you look at a book in the Bible, you need to ask yourself three questions, okay? Or just three words. Author, audience, agenda. Author, audience agenda. In fact, why don't you say it with me right there where you are, okay? Author, audience agenda. That's how you begin to understand a book. And maybe if you're new to this, this could help you. So author, who wrote it? Well, obviously, 1 Peter was written by Peter. And Peter was one of the disciples of Jesus. He hung around with Jesus. And he's often seen as an uneducated man, you know, a kind of a working class man, a fisherman, and often seen as a little bit, well, he was hot-headed and he was impulsive, You know, but here's the thing. When I see Peter becomes the leader of the early church, it's amazing what God can do with anybody. Maybe you think you're a somebody. Maybe you think you're a nobody. Here's the truth. God can do something with anybody. And that's who wrote this book, Peter. He's the author. But what about the audience? Who is he writing to? Well, it says that in 1 Peter 1 verse 1, and we'll go here now. It says this, This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's chosen people. In other words, those who've decided to follow Him. That's all that really means. Who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia. Peter's writing to a bunch of early Christians who are scattered around the, the, kind of the part of the world, Asia Minor, that we call it. And this is around AD 60 to 64. And they're scattered mostly because of persecution. Because the Roman emperor Nero begins persecuting the early church. Now, Nero gets a really bad press and he was a pretty bad guy. He wasn't the worst, by the way, in terms of the Roman emperors for persecution, but he was pretty bad. In fact, he had his own mother killed and at least one, maybe two of his wives he had killed as well. And Nero was passionate about building things. And the Senate in Rome, they stopped him building what he wanted to build. And uh, historians suggest that he was so um, enraged by this that he, he, he created a fire which destroyed part of Rome so that then he could get his um, agenda of, of, of building new buildings in Rome. And, and as that happened, he needed to find a scapegoat for the, for the uh, fire in Rome. And so he looked at this new bunch of people that were different to everyone else because they were following Jesus and they, they embraced um, a different way of living and, and women felt included and felt lifted up and and the poor and the marginalised were were honoured and the outcasts were brought in and they were different from everyone else. So Nero said, I'm going to blame these guys. So he began a, a period of persecution against the early church and Historians will tell you, and this is graphic, okay, if you're watching and listening, I'm, I'm sorry, but this is just the truth. 
And they took Christians and they put animal skins around them and threw them in cages with wild dogs. He even dipped Christians in hot wax and hung them on trees and lit them as human torches. So when you read in the letter of Peter about fiery trials, Peter's writing to a bunch of people that know what he's talking about. When we think about it, we're going to think about it more metaphorically. But these guys and girls, when they read this letter, it wasn't metaphorical, it was literal. They were being persecuted. And the agenda here is that Peter is writing to these guys who are living in a new era, living in a different world. And he's saying to them, because you follow Jesus, live in a different way. Have a different kind of faith. And the two big themes in, the, in 1 Peter are hope and calling. And I think, guys, at the start of 2021, I know we've spoken a lot about hope over the last year, but you know, we still need to hold on to hope, don't we, so much. But we also need to hold on to the fact that if you're a follower of Jesus, you are called in a different world to live a different kind of faith. You have a different calling. And that's what we're going to open up. And, and Peter writes to, in, in his first few verses and he uses the word foreigner. He says, you're living as foreigners in this land. Now, the word there in the Greek is called paroikos. And it's the idea of living in a strange land. And it doesn't mean that you disengage. It doesn't mean that you withdraw. But it means you know that this is not your home. This is not where your identity is taken from. And, um, uh, you, and, and that means that you're not going to blend in and you're not just going to go with the flow. And just because everybody else is doing it, you're not necessarily going to blend in and do it. And here's my big idea for today. We are different, not because of our location, but because of our destination. We are different, not because of our location, but because of our destination. And you know, if you're a follower of Jesus today, guys, part of Life Central or not part of Life Central, we are meant to be different. Not weird, but different. Not because of where we live, not because of our culture, not because of our language, not because of whether we're from up north or down south or wherever, but because of where we are heading, where we are heading. So do I look more like my location or do I look more like my destination? Does my marriage look like my location or my destination? Do my values, do my choices, does the way I use social media, does the way I speak about other people and to other people, does it look different because of who I say I am? And you know, there's a massive theme in culture, isn't there, about blending in and about, about for young people, the pressure on young people to blend in and, and to be like everyone else or to go against the flow. And, and uh, films like Divergent and, and um, Maze Runner and Hunger Games and all of this. But you know, it's not just teenagers that have this pressure to conform. It's every single one of us. And, and you know, if you're a person of faith, you know that we're called to be different and it's really tough uh, when life is so difficult to, to believe that and to hold on to that. And maybe if you've not, you're not a person of faith and you've not checked it out before, I'd love you to, to even consider it. You know, maybe try something different at the start of 2021. Maybe you've tried everything else and you realise actually a lot of stuff that, that, that promises a lot doesn't actually deliver. And maybe you've even tried faith before in the past but you know, you found that actually you've moved away from that. I want to talk to you and introduce to you to what I'm going to call a different kind of faith today. And we're going to dive into 1 Peter 1. And as Peter sets up this letter, these verses in verse 6 and 7 are so powerful. He says this, 
So be truly glad. Remember the audience that he's writing to and the agenda. He's writing to people who are really in a different new reality and it's tough. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong, in other words, when your faith remains resilient through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honour on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Peter's saying to these early Christians here, you're living in a different world and your faith is being tested. You're going through trials, but it's testing and it's trials that develop within you a different kind of faith, a resilient faith. Guys, I want to say, the start of 2021, and you know, if you're part of Life Central Church, I'm really looking down the camera and talking to you. You know, many of us have realised that this has been such a tough year and it's pressurised us in terms of our faith. And I know that there's many people who've come to faith through this season. And it's so great that we've got so many people signed up for Alpha. And we're hearing stories of people who used to have faith and that faith has been almost kind of reinvigorated during this season. But there are other stories we're hearing where people have, have like, do you know what? I'm done with God and I'm done with faith. And you're beginning to walk away. And I want to call you to a different kind of faith. There's a genuine faith that Peter talks about. And if there's a genuine faith, then there must also be a false faith. And we're going to be drawing, this whole series is taken from a series that uh, Craig Rochelle and Life Church did a few years ago. And we're going to be using uh, some of that content and putting our own content in as well. And in that, um, Craig Rochelle talks about these three kinds of false faith, which I think is so true. And the first one is an inherited faith. That's this idea where you've just got a faith because your parents were Christians or your grandparents and, and really you, it's, it's not a faith that you own yourself. You've just inherited. It's like this story I remember hearing years ago. Now we've just come out of Christmas and I don't know how many of you bake a ham at Christmas. We all love to bake a ham at Christmas, don't we? And this is a story about this guy that marries this, this woman and, and on their first Christmas, she, she gets the ham and she cuts off both ends of the ham and puts it in a pan and bakes it. And, and he says to her one day, why do you cut off both both ends of the ham. She says, I don't know. That's what my mother does. So then he goes to the mother-in-law and says, hey, uh, you know, your daughter just kind of baked the ham and cut both ends of the ham. Why do you do that? And the mother says, I don't really know. My mother did that. So then he goes to the grandmother, who's the oldest woman alive now. And he says, hey, you know, your daughter cuts off the ends of the ham and puts it in the pan. Your granddaughter does it. Why did you do that? And she said, because my pan was too small. You see, what happens there is that we inherit something from somebody else, but we don't understand what that is. And there are many people who've inherited a kind of faith and they've not handled it themselves. They've just had it handed down. And in a season like this, you know whether your faith is inherited or whether it's genuine. But there's a second kind of faith, a false faith, and it's a shallow faith. Jesus talks about this in, in the Gospel of Matthew when he talks about a farmer that goes into a field and sows seed and there are four different kinds of soil. And one of those soils is where, where, where it's shallow and, and the seed takes root. But then when life gets difficult, when the, when the weeds come, when the rocks come, when the pandemic comes, when the isolation comes, when the redundancy comes, when the pressure comes, then actually... It shows that we've got a shallow faith. 
And then there's the third faith, which is what I call, or he calls as well, a conditional faith. In other words, we have faith in God while things are going well. But when things are not going well, then our faith in God goes as well. And guys, I want to say to you, at the start of 2021, we are called to a different kind of faith. It's not an inherited faith. It's not a shallow faith. It's not a conditional faith. It's a resilient faith. And I'm going to call you to that at the start of this year. And if you've never considered faith, I'm going to invite you to that at the start of 2021. I want to say three big things around a resilient faith, a different kind of faith. Number one, trials reveal your faith. Peter says that these trials will show that your faith is genuine. You see, a faith that has been tested, Craig Rochelle says, is a faith that can be trusted. I love this. A faith that has been tested is a faith that has been trusted, that can be trusted. And I know that many of us, in fact, all of us, our faith is being tested right now. If you're an NHS worker, your faith is being tested right now. If you're a, a business guy or, and you've got a, or you've got a job and it's under pressure, your faith is being tested. Those of you parents who are homeschooling your kids, your faith is being tested right now. Teachers, you're trying to grapple with all the challenges you're trying to grapple with. Your faith is being tested right now. But a faith that has been tested is a faith that can be trusted. And the word that Peter uses for trials in his letter, it literally in the original language means many coloured. He only uses the word in one other occasion and he uses it to refer to grace, which is interesting. So just as trials are many coloured, so grace is many coloured. There are all these different colours of grace for every single trial that you and I face. Whatever trial you're going through right now, there is grace for that trial. And, and, and Peter talks about that. And let's consider it in the life of Peter himself. You know, Peter was, was um, an example of someone who didn't have a resilient faith, okay? He didn't have that kind of faith. He had that kind of maybe inherited, conditional, shallow faith. He was hot-headed. He was impulsive. He said to Jesus, I'll never deny you. And then just as Jesus is taken away to be crucified, he denies him three times. And then Jesus, after he's resurrected, appears to, to Peter uh, on the beach, cooks him breakfast and recommissions him and tells him, hey, Peter, I forgive you. Come on, let's go again. And then a few weeks later, on the day of Pentecost, when the church begins, we find the Apostle Peter speaking boldly. He denied um, a Jesus to a teenage girl and then he's speaking to a crowd of people with boldness. He's gone from being a denier of Jesus to a proclaimer of who Jesus is. He's developed a resilient faith. And I want to invite you to, uh, today that as, as we consider this, to think this is the process that you and I are in. And actually Jesus had already said to Peter ages before this, like early on in their story together in Luke 22, it says this, Simon, Simon, because Peter was called Simon. We're going to look at this next week. Peter was called Simon, which means reed. It means unstable. And then, and then Jesus changed his name to Peter or Cephas, which means rock, resilient. But Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Now, this is like a prophetic word, isn't it? Because Jesus is saying, you will fail, you will come back and you will strengthen. In other words, you will make it. Your faith will make it. You will develop a resilient faith if you stick with me. 
guy called John Wimber, who was an amazing Christian leader many years ago. He's died now. He said this. I love this. One of my favourite quotes. The good news is Jesus is praying for you. That's what Jesus said. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus says, I'm praying for you, Simon. The good news is Jesus is praying for you. The bad news is you're going to need it. And as we start 2021, we all know that we need it, don't we? And if you're a follower of Jesus, I want you to know where Jesus is right now. The Bible is really clear that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father praying for you right now. Parent, Jesus is praying for you as you homeschool, as you parent. Those of you in a tough relationship, Jesus is praying for you right now. Those of you that are struggling to hold down a job or to know whether your job will be there, in a few weeks or months, Jesus is praying for you. Those of you who have loved ones, I had a message yesterday from someone who used to come to the church that her mother is in hospital, really struggling with COVID, praying for, and there's so many, many people. Jesus is also praying for you. We're gonna need it, but He's praying for us. Trials reveal what kind of faith we really have. But you know, secondly, trials also deepen your faith. They deepen your faith. And I love these verses so much. In verse eight and nine, Peter speaking to these guys and girls, you love him even though you have never seen him. Let me just pause there. Peter could say, hey, I saw him. I mean, we had breakfast together. I walked with him. We worked together. We, I was up close and personal. You guys have never seen him and yet you love him. That's a deep faith. Then he says, though you do not see him now, you trust him. Some of you can't see him at work in your life and yet you still trust him. That's amazing. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Some of these guys and girls had never seen Jesus in the flesh, but they loved him. Some of them couldn't see him at work in their life. It was so difficult, but they loved him. Our faith is not in what we see. Our faith is in who God is. And I want to leave that up on the screen for a moment. Our faith is not in what we see. Our faith is in who God is. And guys, I don't know right now, as I just talk to you into the camera, whether some of you are in a situation where you can't see God at work in your life. Maybe you're not a person of faith and you say, God, how can there even be a God in my situation? Maybe you are a person of faith and you've trusted Him for many years and you're struggling to see Him right now. Our faith is in, not in what we see. Our faith is in who God is. In 1952, Florence Chadwick, a great swimmer, set off to swim from the coast of California, 26 miles to the Catalina Island, 15 hours in and she's got a mother in one of the boats and support crew in other boats because it's a shark infested water and she's swimming away for 15 hours then the fog comes and it's so thick heavy dense fog she keeps swimming but eventually she loses hope she climbs out and into a boat and as she sits in the boat the fog begins to lift and she realizes she was only a mile away from her destination I don't know whether there's anybody out there and you are literally in the fog right now and you're about to quit on your faith don't quit now. You don't know how close you are to a destination. You don't know how close you are to a breakthrough. Our faith is not in what we see. Our faith is in who God 
is. And if we let them, trials will deepen our faith. Third and final thing I want to say is this. Trials mature your faith. Trials mature your faith. Testing, the language of trial and testing that Peter uses is the language of um, a goldsmith and of refining the gold in the fire that you test it. In other words, it's not like a written test. It's not a multi-choice. It's like I'm putting it in fire to see the quality of it and what's dross will, will, will drip away, will go away and what's precious will remain. And James, one of the other guys that, that, that saw Jesus in the flesh as well with Peter, he writes in his letter, very similar language in James 1 verse 2 to 4, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith, you see, there's that word again, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. Guys, this is a different kind of faith. This is a resilient faith. This is a faith that's been tested in the fire, that's been put through trials, that's been put under pressure and hasn't given up, but has gone deeper and is more mature at the end of it. That's the kind of faith, the different kind of faith you and I are being called to live out in this new era. It isn't easy. It really isn't easy. And both Peter and James talk to this early church living in a new different era and they call them to live out this different kind of faith. Is your faith a diamond faith or is it a cubic zirconia faith? Is your faith the gold faith that where the goldsmith puts the gold in the fire and he holds it in such a way that eventually he sees the reflection of his own face in the gold and then he says, it's done. Because that's the kind of faith that God is after in you and I. That we're in the fire so long that eventually he sees our image. He sees his image in us. He sees us becoming more like him and eventually he'll say, it's done. I don't want to quit in the fog. I felt like it. I felt, God, where are you in the fog? Many, many times. And as we turned into this year, I found the first couple of days of this year incredibly difficult. In fact, just on Friday, Alison and myself went, we literally wept as we watched the news. And when the news finished, and, we, and it was the worst day of death in our nation since it all began, you know, and, and I don't even want to get into some of that other social media rubbish that's out there. As we thought about people who've lost their lives, as we thought about friends of ours who are in hospitals right now, putting themselves and their own families at risk for the sake of other people. We just prayed, God, God, we don't want to quit in the fog, but God, would you come? It's so hard. And then as we all watch what was happening in America and all of that craziness, it's a testing time. But guys, in the middle of the testing time, God is wanting to call out a resilient faith in you and in me and in us together. So I want to just give you just three practical Practical, I'm going to call them my three R's of developing a resilient faith, just very practically. You see, a resilient faith is a different faith because it's got a different realisation. The different realisation is this, having this different kind of faith does not mean that everything will work out as I want it to. But it means that in the middle of whatever is happening, I can know God, which means 
all is well. And it's like those three guys that we spoke about right at the start of lockdown number one back in March 2020. Those three guys in the book of Daniel that were placed in a fire. And um, before they were placed in the fire, they said to the king, the king was trying to get them to conform, to, 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 to blend in, to be the same as everyone else. But they said, no, we're different. And, um, and, and the king said, listen, we're going to put you in the fire. These three guys said, well, that's fine. Our God is able to save us. We've got this realisation that God is able. But then they said this, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down anyway. That's a different kind of faith. It has a different realisation. And if we want to have resilience, we need to understand, guys, just because you have faith does not mean everything will work out like you wanted to. But it does mean God is good. And it does mean your soul is protected for eternity. And it does mean that ultimately God does good to those who love him. He works all things for the good of those who love him. But it doesn't mean that the things are good. Sometimes they're not good. But we have this different realisation. Secondly, there's a different resolve. And the different resolve says this, a resilient faith, a different kind of faith says, I'm not quitting just because it gets tough. Doctors and nurses, you know, you spend years training for the moment that you're in right now. And you're glad when it's going crazy in, in accident and emergency and in surgery and in the clinics, it's going crazy with people. But you're really glad of the training you put in. An athlete is really glad of the training when they come to that race. You know, um, uh, and this is, the, this is the thing, when we put the training in, we have a different resolve because the training is worth it. But there's also a different reward for a resilient faith. And as I come to, to end, if I said to you, and some of you will understand um, this, okay, if I say it. If I say to you, I want to I I invite you to walk to Warsaw. Some of you, not, I didn't say Warsaw in Poland. Walk to Warsaw, okay? That's in the black country. Some of you will say, you know where it is. Why would I ever want to walk to Warsaw? I'm just joking. But if I said to you, walk to Warsaw, it's quite a few miles away. And you might say, why would I walk to Warsaw? What if I said to you that if you walk to Warsaw, there is someone there who will pay your mortgage. There is someone there who will clear your debts. You will be debt free. All you need to do is walk to Warsaw. I wonder how many of you would say, well, I'd love to do it, but there's a chicken in the oven and we've got lunch going. Or some of you say, no, there's a footy game on this afternoon and I need to watch that. Or I'm just into Crown Series 4 and I'm right at it. I wonder how many, you wouldn't do it. If you knew that the reward in Warsaw was that someone is going to clear your debt and clear your mortgage, you'd walk that way. Why? Because the reward is worth the walk. Guys, I want to say to you, I'm not talking about clearing your mortgage, but we are different not because of our location, but because of our destination. And Peter is saying to this early church, don't quit when the fog comes. Don't quit when the fire comes. Don't quit when the testing comes. Don't quit when the other lockdown comes. Don't quit, keep walking forward. And guys, I want to invite you today as we draw to a close, we're going to sing in a moment. Hang with us till we sing this incredible song. Listen, if you don't have faith or maybe you're unsure of your faith right now, at the start of 2021, I want to invite you to take a step. If you don't have faith, why don't you try something different? If, you, if you're unsure of your faith, maybe your faith is an inherited or a conditional or a shallow faith. I want to invite you to check out real faith, resilient faith. And the best way to do that is by going to our Alpha course. 
It starts on Monday, uh, the, the 11th of January and it's online. It's just an hour. There's already loads of people signed up for it. Here's the information. And basically it runs over the next few weeks and whenever and wherever you're watching this, even if it's after the 11th, you know, if it's the 18th or the week after, join in whenever you can. And all you need to do is you take your phone and you text to 60777, LCC Alpha and your name to 60777. I wanna encourage you, I invite you, do it right now. Do it right now. If you're unsure of your faith, maybe you don't have faith, you think I'm an atheist or I'm an agnostic or, or you, you have some faith, but you just think, I'm just not sure it's grounded. Maybe it's a little inherited or conditional or shallow. Take your phone out right now and text to 60777 LCC Alpha. If it was me, i go LCC Alpha, Leon Evans, 60777, send. That's all I need to do. Guys, if you have faith and you know you have faith, but right now your faith is being tested and you feel maybe like Florence Chadwick that you're swimming away and it's just fog and like the sharks are nipping at your toes and, and, and you know, and you just don't know whether you can go on any longer and you're ready to quit. I wanna invite you, don't quit, don't quit, stay in there. Develop resilience as you stay in there. And we would love to pray for you today. In fact, in the chat and on the screen is gonna come a way that you can do that right now and you can receive prayer. We have prayed for literally hundreds of people during COVID and we will continue to do that. And we can't guarantee what will happen, but we can guarantee that you'll know God in the middle of your trial. Guys, as you do that right now, I want to just invite all of you to respond really today. And I'm speaking in an empty room here, just with a few techie guys and girls here, but I'm speaking to you down the camera. And I want to say to you guys, wherever, whenever you're watching this, whatever is going on in your life, we can have a different kind of faith, a resilient faith. And next week, we're going to look at how this kind of faith plays out. What does it mean to our identity, to our calling, to our perspective, to our choices? All of this is going to open up over the next few weeks. But right now, I want to invite you to sing a song that we sang on the first Sunday of lockdown number one, way back in March 2020. And this is the difference. This is a different kind of faith. You see, a kind of a shallow faith says, when God does what I want Him to do, then I'll be glad. But a resilient faith says, hey, in the middle of the fog, in the middle of the fire, in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the test, I am going to rejoice in God anyway. Not at the end, but in the middle. Why? Why are we so different? It's not because of our location. It's because of our destination. And our faith is not in what we see. Our faith is in who God is. So we can raise a hallelujah. Let's do it.